From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Liam Neymar. And I'm Jacob Paul. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. For today's show, we'll take a closer look at local efforts to give back to the community of Athens and southeastern Ohio. For instance, we'll see how OU students have banded together to give new use to homecoming and prom dresses. We'll hit the streets of Athens to ask people about their community service and what more they feel could be done to improve the community. But first, we'll take you into the craziest clothes exchange in all of Athens and the good it's been able to do for the community. It, it kind of adds a thrill of the hunt sort of thing. It's sort of like Black Friday, but with used clothes. Those stories and more are coming up on the outlet. Stay with us. For three days, Arts West, an open art gallery and free space in Athens County, hosts an event called Cat's Pajamas, a clothing exchange where citizens can donate and leave with as many items as they want. Our own Grace Warner takes us inside the event, where a golden ticket can get you a whole new wardrobe. You've probably been to your fair share of garage sales and clothing exchanges, but the Cat's Pajamas clothing exchange is a completely different experience than what you might be used to. People of all ages come flowing through the doors of Arts West in Athens County, located on West Union Street. Arts West is a nonprofit center for the community to hold events such as Cat's Pajamas. Volunteers and staff wearing cat's ears on their heads greet the attendees. Tables piled with donated clothes surrounding them and music faintly playing in the background. Cat's Pajamas has been going on for eight years. Emily Beldridge, the coordinator of the event, says she didn't come up with the name until after the first year. I like the name Cat's Pajamas because it is quirky. Uh, everyone loves cats. Uh, and our logo at Arts West is a cat. And, you know, the, we're on the west side. There are tons of cats. So for me, that was it kind of makes sense for the, the being in the space. Um, but the phrase cat's pajamas is uh, just a little phrase from the 1920s that means you're the best, like, oh, this is the cat's pajamas. Emily says a few weeks before the event, when you donate your clothes, customers get a golden ticket, and the golden ticket means you can take whatever you want. Otherwise, attendees purchase a regular ticket for just $15. For as many items as you donated, you can walk away with the same amount, but each additional item you would like costs. Nadine Borovica, an Athens resident, came for the first time last year and enjoyed it so much she decided to participate again. It's so much fun and it's a great way to get rid of clothing you don't want and then get to come here with all these people and get new stuff and it, it kind of adds a thrill of the hunt sort of thing. It's sort of like Black Friday but with used clothes. Nadine hung around for a couple of hours. During her time there, she picked up a few items, including a black and white dress that fit tightly at the top, flowing down to the end of the dress. I'm really hoping this dress fits. Uh, and I got some shoes for my husband and some shirts. Not only is Cat's Pajamas a clothing exchange, but Arts West donates a lot of items as well. All the monetary donations, yeah. Any of the clothes that are left over, we do donate to Patty Mitchell for her Honey for the Heart, as well as Reuse. That was Arts West staff member Chelsea Morahan discussing how Cat's Pajamas continues to give back to the community through other organizations. Honey for the Heart supports individuals with developmental differences while creating art out of reusable products. 
With another successful event under their belt, the event raised roughly $4,000 for Arts West. Cat's Pajamas is looking to possibly expand in the near future. For The Outlet, I'm Grace Warner. Each year, teens heading to prom or homecoming prepare for the night of their lives with the perfect hair, makeup, and of course, dress. After one night, these dresses are then stowed away to collect dust, usually. Our own Delaney Phillips explains how these dresses are being brought back to life in Athens. Local girls line up in the Athens Mall, where rows of sparkling, mermaid, and corseted dresses are just waiting to be taken home and worn one more time. For the fifth year in a row, Ohio University's Women's Panhellenic Association put on their Sisterhood of the Traveling Dresses program. The program gives young girls an opportunity to find the dress of their dreams at no cost. Young ladies look forward to this event every year, and it's something Hannah Jarvis, VP of Community Development for WPA, is proud to be a part of. Athens and surrounding communities are pretty poor in Ohio, and they don't get a lot of new things, so... It's just something special that they can look forward to every year. The event is donation-based. Community members and OU students bring in gently used and worn prom and homecoming dresses. Shoes and jewelry are also donated. Becca Pennington, a WPA member, thinks the event makes sense as donating used dresses can be put to good use to make girls feel special. We, from our homes, like we have all these prom dresses that we're not using anymore and that somebody else could use and like love for the day of their prom and I think as a young woman like it's so important to like find something that you feel really beautiful in. As this annual event becomes more successful it has become an unspoken tradition that once girls utilize the event to receive a dress they come back the next year and donate. While the main focus is creating a Cinderella night for many Assistant Dean of Students for Campus Involvement Charlene Kopchik says it's a chance to make the dress feel beautiful again as well. She asked how would you feel if you were a beautiful dress and you were worn one time and put in a dark closet? While the answer is expected to be a sad one, the memories and bonds created throughout the traveling dresses are nothing but grin setting. Jarvis refers back to one situation that touched her heart at the event. A woman reached out to me. Um, she works with students with disabilities and one of the women that she works with has spina bifida and she didn't think that her parents would be able to come to the event and get her a dress for prom and so she asked me to set a couple aside and come to her school and have her try them on but she ended up actually being able to come to the event with her parents. As the event has created many picture-perfect nights, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Dresses will continue with the tradition one sequin at a time. For the outlet, I'm Zlaney Phillips. Media and communications professionals came from all over to Ohio University last week to teach about innovations happening in their fields as part of Communications Week, hosted by the Scripps College of Communication. A big event during this is the journalism-focused Schunemann Symposium. Outlet reporter Abby Grisey chatted with the symposium's organizer this year, Narissa Young, about some of the big things students and community members have been able to take from this event. 
All right. So first of all, can you give people who may not have been able to attend some of the events for Communication Week sort of a rundown of what it was like? Okay. What I was involved in planning was the Schoonerman Symposium, two days within Communication Week in which the School of Visual Communication and the E.W. Scripps School of Journalism partner to bring in the best in the world for the Schoonerman Symposium on photojournalism and new media. So we have the focus on uh, journalism uh, through photography, also through design, and also what's happening uh, now and actually looking ahead to the future of the industry. So our thematic focus this year was on design, on video photojournalism, as well as as, uh, still photos, but the still photos mainly within the context of drone journalism, and also talked about the legal aspect of drone journalism because it's fairly new and the litigate because it's new it's kind of a new frontier Uh, the litigating is just now getting started as well as the regulating part of it and do you think I did see on the schedule and the lineup for the symposium um, there were several events regarding drones do you think Mm -hmm. that is part of the future of journalism Well, I'm not a drone photographer, so I'm not the expert. I know in my discussions with Amos Chappell, who showed his work, and and his landmark project is titled Air, so you can see some photographs if you search for that. Um, He says that the golden era of drone photography is over because of regulations. He said, I couldn't replicate that project today because the European countries and India and Russia, they have all regulated it. Uh, The United States operates differently as a democracy and with freedom of speech and freedom of expression. So the regulating continues. Um, There are restrictions now, but there's also pushback. And Mickey Osterreicher, who's legal counsel with the National Press Photographers Association, during his presentation, he was trying to make that point that I think his sense is there will be some middle ground. It was completely unregulated. And then, of course, people who act irresponsibly are the ones who cause regulations to have to come to the fore because they're not good actors on their own, unsupervised. Um, And the goal, obviously, is to have it as open as possible, especially for news gathering. But I think the applications for journalism, uh, if the regulations will allow it, will open up a new way of covering stories where you can see things from the air economically and especially for smaller media markets as well. You know, the eye in the sky and the chopper, those kinds of things belong only to your major market stations. If you can have a drone, you can operate on a pretty small budget and serve your local community much better uh, than you would be able to uh, otherwise. Yeah, definitely. And then what was your, what was a highlight of your week? Well, I told the speakers this when we had our closing dinner on Wednesday and, and we toasted the success of the symposium and, and Smitty and Pat Schooneman because they're the benefactors who make it happen financially every year is um, in the preparations, I get bogged down in all the details. And so the best part for me is actually getting to see the presentations and getting to see them interact with the people here on our campus. I don't always get to pay 100% attention to the presentations because, again, I'm watching my clock and making sure that, you know, they everybody has a bottle of water that's opened and ready for them and <laughs> that type of thing. But that's the most fulfilling part is just to see these experts come in and share their careers, their experiences, uh, and the work that they have done. 
Okay. Um, and then finally, how is the symposium put on? You said there were some benefactors. How does that all work? Yes. Uh, Smith and Patricia Schooneman, who are both OU grads, uh, he came through uh, the photography ranks and her degree is in uh, education. Um, when they left here, uh, they met uh, here as students and got married. Then he went and continued uh, to get uh, advanced degrees, including his Ph.D. at the University of Minnesota, and then taught there and helped set up the accredited photojournalism program there. Uh, from that, uh, after about 17 years, they uh, started their own business called Media Loft, in which they produced original video content and also did major event planning themselves. And they have, at uh, his alma mater, University of Minnesota, they have a program every year similar to this called Sea Change that's pretty much exclusively photojournalism. And then he they decided they wanted to do something here for their alma mater. And so they donate a set amount every year for us to use to help pay for speaker expenses and and all the costs that are involved in getting people here and feeding and housing them and so on and so forth. So it is a project uh, that they sponsor and uh, in cooperation with VizCom and the journalism school. That's great. Well, it seems like the Schoonerman Symposium was a huge success. Thank you so much for joining me. And we will be back with more stories on the outlet coming up next. With various charity and fundraising events happening throughout the spring season, we decided to send our host, Liam Niemeyer, out into the heart of Athens to ask people about community service. What he didn't expect was to run into a person who needed this support. It's a sunny, yet chilly day on Court Street, the main road running down the middle of uptown Athens. You can still hear the rumble and clangs of bricks being torn up from the pathway nearby Ohio University's College Gate in the heart of campus. Despite the brisk weather, people are milling about either to their jobs, their classes, or to nowhere in particular. With the recent charity events happening in Athens, I decided to ask passerbys about their involvement in the community. What have they done recently to give back to Athens? Uh, gosh, uh... I can't think of anything specific. Uh, I pay it forward a lot in restaurants. Uh, I contribute uh, to charities and stuff. Uh, I pick up trash when I see it on the sidewalk. I don't know. Nothing great. Not everyone could think of something off the top of their heads, but some people easily mentioned their contributions, like OU sophomore Desi Carey. Yeah, I'm in the service for AFIO or Alpha Phi Omega. And what did I do? We're doing Athens Beautification Day soon, and then the last thing we did, what did I do? Oh, I go to the dog shelter every week, and I volunteer to play with the dogs and walk the dogs. <laughs> when I asked people if there was an issue that needed more attention in Athens, a theme was spoken by both OU students and community members, food security and poverty. That's very good point. Well, being in Appalachia, there's always need. I think anything we can do to help area people, uh, two things, employment, because beyond what it amounts of financial gives people a purpose every day it's something to do and also the food pantries are they're suffering right now i think to make sure that people are getting the food they need especially children uh i i think hunger is a huge problem in this community why well there's just so many poor people that don't get enough to eat and kids don't get lunch kids are in school to get lunches but when they aren't in school they don't get them and particularly in summertime is a really tough time for a lot of families here 
After talking with various people, I ended up speaking with one more person, a man in a rugged blue hoodie, who put a spotlight on the issue of poverty in front of my eyes. Uh, do you feel like there's a particular uh, topic or issue within the community that needs more of, of like, you know, a charity or philanthropic effort? Homelessness. Why is that? Huh? Why is that? Because I'm homeless. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Charles Howe said he's used to living and sleeping on the streets by himself, but his main concern is more on the safety of homeless families in the surrounding area. Well, for families, there's demand for it all year, but for guys like me, I can sleep outside. I'm not really worried about it. But uh, for families and stuff, they need, yeah. they need more attention. OU senior Joshua Bateman suggested that more OU students should get involved as a way to combat some of the issues like poverty in the area. We have a lot of opportunities. It's just getting students to do that since we make up a great, a good pop, or a good amount of the population here in Athens. I think more students should help out with the, um, the issues that we have. And for Scott Patrack, a visiting parent at OU, community service is something that he regrets not doing more often. It's a good question. I'd like to think so. I gave money to church yesterday. Does that count? <laughs> I don't know if it counts. Um, I probably haven't done enough. For the outlet, I'm Liam Neymar. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced and hosted each week by me, Liam Neymar, and my co-host Jacob Paul. We're edited by Atish Baidya, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant. Our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on iTunes or find us online at woub.org. You can also find us on Twitter. Search for the handle at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.